Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 97. I have a fantastic surprise for you today. It is not just Sue and I. We, in fact, have an entire cohort of tech coaches with us all to talk about video video production in our classroom, video production with our students, and most importantly, how can we as tech coaches help our teachers understand how to make great videos? It is the beginning of the summertime. Welcome. It was so nice to see everybody this past week at our weekly tech coach meeting. And next week, we are going to be launching some amazing new adventures in the world of tech coaching. You're not going to want to miss that episode. Check that out for episode number 98 coming out you next Monday, but it's all about today. I want to bring on my panel today. Susan Vincent, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Awesome. It's great to be here again on this great um, summer morning, and we have a party going on here. I'm excited to have the rest of our panel with us as a group effort this time. We certainly have a party going on today. I want to welcome on Melissa Summerford. Melissa, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. I'm good. Nice to be here. I'm glad to be here. And you have some pretty interesting things that we're going to be talking about in the lines of video, video conferencing, and we're going to get to a special event that you and the other Google Educator Groupers are going to be doing. We're going to talk all about that. But before that, I want to go to another time zone and bring on Nancy Minikazi. Nancy, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I am awake, so I think that's great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm in California, so it is super early here, but I am excited to join everybody and talk about video. Um, And in my other life, I'm an instructional technology coach out here in Beverly Hills, so living the dream. And you're doing some really cool things with video. I am excited to to finally have you on because I don't know if the world knows, Nancy is education's expert on Zoom backgrounds. And we're going to definitely deep dive in today on how we're going to do that. But before we do that, I want to bring on also from the, I believe, central time zone. We're Zooming all over the country today. Mr. Tom Gibson. Tom, how are you today? I'm great, Jeff. I'm good. It's good to be in your new studio this morning. It is great to see you. And I will tell you, this studio is, 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 you know, you were inspirational with a lot of this stuff going on uh, and uh, mostly from the other podcasts that we won't talk about, but thank you so much for being on here. I'm looking forward to hearing about you, your adventures with video, talking a little bit about, about equipment, what we might need, different applications. But before we do that, I've got one more time zone to hit and introduce Mr. Tyler Keefe. Tyler, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I am good. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, It's been a crazy morning, but glad to be here and glad to be a part of the show. I am so thrilled that everybody is here. Look at this bunch of tech coaches. But not only that, we are doing a Tech Coach Live, which means we are broadcasting on YouTube and Facebook. If you guys are listening, do me a favor, hit the like button. 
hit that subscribe button and smash that comment button. We want to hear from you guys. Any other comments we would love to be bringing in. And if you guys have questions about how you can be a great tech coach this year, we would love to hear from you guys. Let's just kind of open up the forum video. Today we're talking all about video, something that we each have a little bit of expertise on. I think the questions are what's just happened over the last 15, 16 weeks and how can we help our teachers get into that? I noticed that at the beginning of the whole COVID season, many of the teachers were nervous, nervous to get on camera, nervous to make videos, nervous to make instructional stuff. How were you guys? Tell us a little bit about where we were 15 weeks ago and maybe how did you see video being used and really evolving with your classes, with your teachers, with meetings? Nancy, let me start with you all the way out in California. What what are things like out on the West Coast when it comes to video and, and what were you seeing? Well, I think that um, a lot of my teachers were nervous about being on camera. They were afraid that, you know, I'm in a high school and they were afraid that kids would you know grab screenshots and make memes and make fun of them um, but that hasn't really happened uh, one of the things that i think is really important and that i tried to stress with my teachers was that when kids are doing so much work remotely they're being bombarded with all kinds of instructions for projects and work and it's really hard for them to read through a three-page document of instructions and having the teacher make a quick video showing what they are what they would like their students to be doing and explaining their expectations makes it so much easier for students to access the learning i think so that's what i've been trying to steer my teachers toward and people who ask me that's kind of what i tell them um if you don't want to be on camera, you don't have to be, although kids really appreciate it, but they still like to hear your voice and it clarifies expectations for them. And, you know, it's a lot easier to go back and rewatch a video than to find that one sentence that's buried in a long, long list of instructions, I think. It gives it more of a personal connection, too, when the teacher is making the video. I know when I first started making videos, I, I dove into the flipped classroom. And so I went on with John Bergerman and I went through his his uh, class. I did it during one like a Christmas break because I was so I wanted to make videos for my students because I wanted to try that. And at first I was like, oh, my goodness, I made a mistake. I think I did it like 10 times until mm -hmm. I realized just do the video. And so I did it. And yes, I made mistakes. And yes, my kids notice but then I said I'm glad you know this that shows me you watched the video I did that on purpose so I try to put that spin because it, it will never be perfect and that's it is really that's a good point and I think it again that makes it more personal it's so funny because I've talked to kids and they've they said they would rather have a video of their teacher explaining something than watch a video of somebody else that they don't know and you know you have that baby crying or that dog barking and it just it makes the teacher a real person especially now if we're going to be doing a more remote teaching which i think many of us are um it just helps make that like you said it makes it more personal and it helps kids make that connection that is so essential with their teacher mm -hmm. tiger talk to us a little bit about your experiences this year yeah so um i'm a 
leaving fifth grade, I'm going into technology coach full-time world this year. So I'm going on online. I believe it was May, not May, good grief. That would have been nice. Um, March 13th, you know, as everybody says that Friday the 13th, um, we, at my school, we've been very lucky and I'm very proud of the work that my teachers did. Uh, we are a one-to-one district. And so at my school, we are one-to-one with iPads with all of the students, K-5. And we are also using Microsoft Teams for everything. So when we knew that we were going to go online, we actually had a couple weeks of leeway, lead time, sorry, to be able to prepare and in class, we were actually able to start having the kids do everything on the iPads and on OneNote. So when we went to full digital, it was just literally moving the kids' physical locations. Um, we did have a few, you know, a few issues with some kids that didn't have internet connection. Um, but our district was awesome. We were able to get hotspots for those children, and the the kids loved it. Um, obviously, all of us would have rather you know, prepared or preferred, sorry, to be um, in person, but to have the teachers create the videos, um, we had teachers go into their classrooms and set up a tripod and do live videos. We had some do videos and post them on YouTube, which is what I did. Um, And then we also did daily um, like circle times or um, community circles, you know, things like that every day from, from my class, it was every day at 10 and two o'clock. Um, I was able to hit every student, um, and it was fun to see them and communicate with them that way. And for us, at least, the learning didn't stop, which was really awesome to see. And it was a, a fun experience, something that, you know, if we have to do in the fall again, then, you know, we're, we're definitely prepared for that. Tom, talk to us a little bit about where you were this year. I know you, uh, you had some fun stuff happening. Yeah, I was trying to experimenting with a couple different things, both with creating videos and doing the video live video conferencing within Zoom. Um, I'm a middle school math and robotics teacher for context. And one of the things that I had tried was I was like, I, I want to make these videos or doing two step equations. And I knew, okay, less is more. Originally, when I made the video, it was like, 10 minutes long. Okay. I was like, let me just break that up into two separate videos and that'll be a little bit easier. Um, and instead of just saying, okay, students go ahead and watch these videos at home or well, everything's at home, but watch these videos before our zoom class. And then we'll talk about it and work on problems together. What I tried was actually having the videos up on YouTube. And then I put them into breakout rooms of two and three. Um, and then I had the students actually watch the videos together because within the videos, I tried to model it just like what we did in my class where I would present some type of problem and I would tell students to try to solve it together, talk about it, and then we would talk about it as a group. And so they would be in a group of maybe three students in a breakout room on Zoom. And then one person, I said, whoever has the fastest internet connection, go ahead and screen share it so all of you guys can watch it together. And then in the video, I actually said, okay, I want you to pause the video right here and try to figure out this problem. And so students would pause it. They would try to figure it out then. And then they would talk about it with each other in the breakout room. So they're still getting that collaboration and making that time meaningful. And then they would watch it and then see if they got it right. And so that was one of the things I would I did. I didn't do all of my videos like that. I had one, one robotics project where I broke it up into several different videos that they would watch to kind of take them through the project. And they watched that on their own time. But I was just trying to see like, what what's effective? How can I make the most use of our Zoom class time, but also make videos that they can go back and watch if they need to? 
Now, Tom, did all of that happen overnight? Was there an evolution for you? Was there an aha moment that you had to pivot? Talk to us a little bit about, you know, from week one to now. Well, the interesting thing was I was on paternity leave for the first six weeks of remote teaching. So I was creating sub plans for another remote teacher that was filling in. So really, I ended up only having about four weeks with the students. And so I didn't have a lot of time to kind of see like I had, okay, my math lessons and then I've got these different projects and how can I incorporate video there. Um, But I am excited to kind of see not only like helping the other teachers at my school create videos um, for when we get back in the fall and we'll likely have to do remote teaching um, but just also seeing like what what other ways I can experiment with video I've used ed puzzle previously in the past where you can at least see who's watched the video what percentage of the video they have watched and actually include formative questions within the video as they are watching it that I can use and go back and see if a lot of students got it right or not um, so I'm excited to kind of explore that a little bit more as well in the upcoming semester You know, Susan, as we're looking at video here, many tech coaches might be sitting here going, I'm not quite sure where to turn. I want to do something. I know I don't have to be perfect, but where can we do the great things that we're looking to do with our classrooms? And I want to remind everybody that every single day you can head on over to askthetechcoach.com. And this podcast, of course, launches every single Monday. You can hear Sue and I talking about all the great topics. Sue, we actually got a lot of good feedback last week from our episode all about new teacher orientation. And if you want to check that out, you guys can go over to askthetechcoach.com. Sue, you know, one of the things that I'm noticing about teachers right now is that they're using video for a variety of different things. I know that you're also using it for training reasons. And I want to talk to Melissa a little bit about how she's using it with her Google Educator group to not only train her teachers, but train the world. So talk to us yeah. a little bit about how you're using video in, in, in your trainings. So I've always been a huge proponent of video tutorials rather than, I mean, you know, I make the long, uh, like Nancy mentioned, the long instruction sheets also and put it with it. But, you know, just like students, teachers that you're training, I think they appreciate the video aspect more. And, you know, us as tech coaches, seeing our face and hearing our voice because they're used to our training methods. And when they want to know something, they come to ask us. So in remote learning, same thing they want to watch us so you know my experience during distance learning was you know making i have my whole series of zoom videos that have uh, become widely uh, uh shared out there um but among other things and now that's led to my school district standardization guidelines of Mm -hmm. this is what we're going to start the year off with make it consistent in the if we're start we're actually going to try our best to start face-to-face but Mm. we'll probably do um, non-traditional instruction later but start off your face-to-face classroom with this we have you know our learning management system our standardization of devices and then we also have a section in our little standards about video you know here are the platforms that we will support and susan can help you with to make videos and so on so we've been on that journey which has been great and the teachers have been appreciative of those standards you know i was a little nervous at first you know here's what we're going to use and then they're going to be nervous about what they might not be able to use but we're working on that but i've always been a huge proponent of video tutorials and that's become even more important as we've moved forward and you know during um even before we went to distance learning, but even more so after when the teacher would email me just a quick, simple questions and 
instead of me typing out the answer, I turned on my screencastify real quick and just made a video and answered them that way. And I think they truly appreciated that because we were separated so much. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just being able to kind of make that visual and audio audible connection with them was just nice. So they could hear my voice telling them how to make their Zoom connection work or, you know, help them with their Google or Canvas question, what have you. So it's been a lifesaver for us. I love yeah. the fact that things th these things are making it easier for you, right? And Absolutely. Obviously, if anybody out there has any questions, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. There's a lot of great applications that are out there. People here have already been talking about Zoom. You know, Microsoft Teams is a great thing, Google Hangouts. But recently, an application has been taking education by storm called StreamYard. It is the application that we're using right now to do all this broadcasting. And Melissa, you guys have been using StreamYard to do your Google Educator groups. And I wanted to bring you on here because something pretty awesome is happening today, in fact. Thursday, June 25th at 6 p.m. Can you tell everybody what's happening today and how you're using video to share your message with the world? Well, at six, uh, well, you're at five Central Standard Time, my time, <laughs> <laughs> the time zones get me. <laughs> but yes, today we're doing our official launch for the Google Education Group. And so this is just a, a group of volunteers. We do it for free and anyone is welcome to join. And what I like about it, like the moment like I got into the group, it's like, instant family and th that is something that i wanted i wanted to be around the people who you know uh think like me, I guess you'd say, um, are obsessed with technology and how to help other people. So this was like the perfect group. Um, it all started when um, I was asked to be the GEG leader of Texas from a friend of mine who had it. She asked me to be the leader and I said, okay, I'll do it. And so as soon as I, d I said that, it opened up this door to the global group. So if you haven't heard of it, um, it is on YouTube, on Twitter, so global GEG. And like, I, like he said, tonight we are launching our official, although we've been doing like multiple trainings, like um, before this official launch. So if you're interested in learning about who we are and what we do, just come on, join the, uh, the, the live tonight on YouTube and then you'll learn a little bit more about us. But like what Susan was saying too, I've been using like in my, my own profession too, that using the video tutorials too. And even just getting on like Zoom, like if I had a question, a teacher like asked me, I'd tell her, let's get on Zoom. And, but instead of me like telling her what to do, I would like guide them through. So, cause I learned by doing too. And so I had them work through it. I would tell them now go to this button or go. And I would look at their screen. So they're sharing the screen. And so they really did appreciate that as well because they were learning how to do it instead of me just let me do it or um, let me take control of your screen. So I loved using Zoom for that aspect too of teaching them at through the process. You know, you, you mentioned a couple of times learn by doing. I want to bring Tom back in here because Tom's got a lot of experience doing voiceovers, doing podcasting, doing video work. For anybody who's starting off, and maybe doesn't have a background in doing this, isn't ready, or you know, maybe, like, and I'll, I'll bring Tyler in here too, he's starting the tech coach process, doesn't really have a format template. Tom, what advice would you give newbies in creating video tutorials, uh, you know, doing lessons, just trying to jump in with that first little toe? 
Yeah, I think there are several things that you can do that don't cost any money, uh, that you don't have to get a bunch of equipment. Um, little small tweaks that you can make if you're filming on your phone or even just filming with your laptop uh, using the webcam on there. Uh, one of the first things is having the camera at or a little bit above eye level. Um, it just almost more, feels more conversational. That's how we have conversations. We're usually at about eye level. It's a little bit awkward to have a camera. It's also less flattering to have a camera kind of face up if you have your laptop on a desk or something like that. So even just putting a bunch of books underneath your laptop or having a stand, uh, putting your, your phone up a little bit at above eye level. Um, I think a lot of people don't know that on your iPhone, this camera on the outside is higher quality than this camera that's facing you. And so if you want a little bit higher quality video, then you can go ahead and film it outwards. Maybe have someone make sure that you're centered in there and that it looks good. Um, having an interesting background behind you or if just a plain background, that's always helpful for making your videos. Uh, having light on your face, uh, I think one of, the, one of the big mistakes I see a lot of people is just you'll have a window behind you, which is not ideal uh, because then the camera doesn't know whether it's too dark or it's too light. So if you can have a window in front of you hitting your face, it lights you up a lot better. Um, audio gets worse the further away you get from your audio source. So as long as you can kind of stay closer, the closer you can be, the better. Um, and one of my small pet peeves um, is when you can tell someone's filming on their phone that they're looking at themselves instead of the camera. So right now I'm looking at myself on my computer screen and I'm talking and I'm like, wow, look at so me hard. go versus looking at the actual lens because it feels like you're making more of a connection with your viewers, with your students and that you're looking right at them. So as, as unnatural as it feels to look at the lens, you kind of want to just watch yourself in the monitor and see what you look like look at the lens because I think that helps make a, a better connection. And so those are like just free things you can do. There's some inexpensive equipment that I can talk about, but um, I think that's a good starting point for most people that are just wanting to start with video. Uh -huh. Tommy so, just went through the entire list that I did when I was putting my studio together. <laughs> can, can I share one thing? Please do. So I, I, I love Tom's point, sorry, about um, looking at this, looking at the camera rather than looking at yourself. And one thing that I saw, if you have any little googly eyes lying around or just make a little drawing for yourself and put the googly eyes mm. up on your computer right next to the camera, you will look at them. <laughs> and you, it sounds dumb. But um, <laughs> it really, it really works. Even if you just have a sticky note and you put it up there, or you hang it from your light source, if your light source is right above your computer, um, it helps to remind you to look up at the camera rather than look at yourself. Um, which also tends really, to put people you know. at ease.
You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.